previously on Stuck in the Middle Kingdom with you, I managed to go down with pneumonia my sense of goodwill towards the school was at something of a low ebb. There just seemed to be something rotten running through the whole damn place. In the haze of sickness I'd missed the kids' show. I managed to track down a video which I watched with pride, but I was saddened not to have seen it in person. We had laboured like Russian gymnasts to get that performance right, and after a month of scowls and pressure, I felt that I was the only teacher who might be smiling in the crowd, the only one who might applaud and slap those little musical rascals on the back and say, well done. During these events, the Chinese teachers tended to natter their way through every performance, which just encouraged the 500 or so kids in the audience to talk. So long as the cameras were rolling, who cares, right? But on this occasion, thankfully the cameras were rolling, or I never would have been able to see the fruits of our labour, or share this cultural landmark with you on this podcast right now. So, grade one, class one, take it away. that was my class doing their version of Hello, the song from the Book of Mormon, adapted so that they're singing words about a book of English. Not bad seeing that they'd only been learning English for three months if I say so myself. Sadly, whoever filmed it missed the beginning and the end, but it is what it is, a bona fide historical document. Anyway, upon returning to school after my Access All Areas tour of the local medical facilities, I realised that I wasn't the only one to have a mishap with the powers that be. Something of a switch had occurred, whereas at first the fireworks all came from Mark and Kelly with their concerns about teaching hours, the treatment of kids and canteen food. Now the grievances were all Penny, Arizona man, and myself. Kelly had taken a tactical retreat because she was hoping for a couple of days off for a wedding in the spring. And as for Mark, well, I rarely saw him. Since the Penny incident in Muslim Gate, see episode 10, The Kettle Boils, if you want to revisit that little drama. 
He had kept out of all affairs. He had quietly made a heartfelt apology to Penny, so I heard, and bygones were bygones where that was concerned. I too let old trouble slip away. Mark really was an alright guy, if you didn't have to hear his thoughts. Maybe that's the rule for all conservatives. Lunchtime in January. On the menu today, rice, cabbage, tofu, and pig's heart. My favourite. The menu, the actual physical menu, was new. There never used to be one. With only two choices every day, it never took very long to work out what to have. But they had decided to put up a menu now for some reason. I wondered to myself about that new menu, and I came to three astute, critical observations, which I shared with Penny, with whom I was dining. And they were as follows. Observation number one. Last week, there was no menu, and yet, everyone got fed just fine. Observation number two. The menu is only on the second floor of the canteen, and yet those on the first floor still have no menu, also get fed just fine. Observation number three, the menu is in Chinese. Now I actually quite liked the Chinese menu because I could try and decipher the words as I munched my pig's heart. But something of the teacher awoke from within me, and I thought, English menu. You're goddamn right, Adam, said Penny, who'd been banging on about the lack of English around the place since forever. I spied Abe the always smiling chief bureaucrat in the international department, and suggested what I thought was a pretty foolproof suggestion. Make the menus English. And voila! A bit of extra English practice for all those rich little ruffians that were supposedly educating here. Abe looked at me quizzically. You want it in English? he asked. I tried again. It's not for me, it's for the kids. But the kids can't read English, he said. That's the whole point, right? English practice. But the staff can't read English, he said. I could feel my teeth starting to clench. The staff can get by without a menu, right? I mean, it's only two choices and you can see them through the hatch. We didn't have a menu last week and everyone got something. Refer to observations one and two from before, is effectively what I'm saying here. I was using my most reasonable face. Abe agreed to talk to the chef. Next day he told me that they couldn't fit both Chinese and English on the menu, so they couldn't do it. I replied that we could do without the Chinese entirely. Perhaps that's good for the foreigners, he said, but I'll forget it. Instead, Penny and I discussed speeches. Penny's student had written a speech and was very proud of it, but the manager, Jane, had changed it to make positive points about the school and remove some parts that the girl had written. The speech was fine, said the girl, and may even get her better marks, but it was no longer hers, and she wouldn't volunteer to do it again. Gosh darn it, I almost spat out my boiled lotus root as I felt a surge of admiration for the girl and a counter-surge of loathing for the school. Another big penny gripe was English in the higher grades and it wasn't so different from the menu spat I'd had with Abe. Apparently, the Chinese teachers all but refused to practice English with the kids except at the bare minimum, in class. These students were struggling with basic English but were expected to learn physics and economics in English. I'm teaching them free-fall, yelped Kelly. Free-fall! And yet, it seemed the better the English abilities of the Chinese teacher, the more reluctant they were to speak it. This irony was laid bare by our now frequent dinner guest, Mr. Tu. He was one of the vice-principals. 
He had a crew cut and wide, roaming eyes. He learned a little English every day, mostly with my aid, and had gone from English zero to English hero in a few short weeks. He interrupted Penny during one of her verbose diatribes to say, You and I eat lunch together. Well done, I congratulated him. Every day, one word, English. Yes, very good plan. At this, Penny's ears were pricked. She locked eyes on two like she were going to challenge him to a duel, and never letting his gaze drop, she spoke slowly, quietly, and assuredly. You learn one word of English every day. That is great. The teachers in seventh grade speak very good English, but they won't speak English to kids in the hallways. Two executed two nods but I wasn't entirely sure he was following. Penny continued. When I mentioned to one teacher that she should speak more English to the students, she said that I, I, should speak more Chinese. Another nod from two. And when we had a meeting, me and two other Chinese teachers with very good English, they spoke only Chinese, so I couldn't understand. Two's eyes were beginning to waver, but Penny wasn't ready to quit. She had an analogy to make him by the sons of Hades she wasn't going to give up now. She called over teachers to mediate and didn't give up until she'd made this crucial point. Two's attitude towards learning English is good. The seventh grade teacher's attitude towards teaching it is bad. Via a translator, Two hinted that he might ask some questions. What it meant, we shall never know. But the situation in grade seven didn't improve. Instead... Over time, Penny's ideas got her ostracised, left out of department meetings and dinners. She was compelled to retreat to her war room and regroup, for her battle was not over yet. Arizona man was also beginning to see the sheen of the cradle of elite slipping. Since taking on a one-off gig in a shopping mall a couple of months ago, he had been asked, with all the smiles and tilted heads of admiration that generally come in these moments, to do many a useful little task. Often it involved his guitar, an Arizona man was never one to shy away from the stage. With his daughter alongside him, laughing and running about aimlessly, it was picture perfect. And pictures, remember, are what it's all about. But now the man was starting to feel like the school's free at the point of view's go-to guy, a performing monkey, as he put it. He was being used. Although, on the other hand, he was convinced that they simply couldn't get enough of his raw guitar talent. But that doesn't excuse them not sharing anything, or this useful information they appear to withhold all the time, and having these secret meetings about us. The man used to work in the military, remember. He could smell this stuff going on. Shut up and color, said Arizona man. That's what they want. Behave like the kids and just do your work. Next time on Stuck in the Middle Kingdom with you, a deeper look at culture shock the way we foreigners struggle with Chinese workplaces and some of the cultural concepts that make China what it is. 